Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to BioTouch Healing's Health Condition Workshop on Eyesight and other particular conditions. My name is Paul Bucky, and and good evening. This is Bev. Hello, Wood. Bev. Hello, good to Paul. see you. Well, we're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna go right into our workshop. Uh, we do want to let know we have Orit. She. Uh, we had to tape her earlier. She's in Barcelona, Spain, and. Uh, you'll notice little lines on her video and uh, we couldn't get rid of those that was a zoom glitch but it's very interesting that it happened with her because if you she'll talk about the Bates method and exercises of the eyes and those little lines are the same thing that happens if you wear the, the Bates glasses you wear these little glasses dark glasses and they have little holes in them so it creates these little lines and it makes your eyes change positions and you'll notice after a while you don't even notice the lines are there so it's it worked out perfect so uh let's go ahead and play her presentation and bev and i'll be back to teach you the sets of points that work with eyesight and hello everybody my name's paul and we have orit kruglansky i think i pronounced it right and she's in spain She's in Barcelona, and she's going to share with us about eyesight conditions. Uh, we're having to tape this early because it's such a time difference. So uh, welcome, Orit. Thank you for showing up with us. And, Thank you for inviting me. Uh, yeah, you bet. So we're just going to let her take off and talk about eyesight and how to improve it or how to work with it. Take it away. Okay, so uh, my name is Orit, and uh, I help people improve their eyesight. Um, I work with the Bates Method, uh, which is based on uh, improving seeing habits. Um, and uh, I used to wear pretty thick glasses. I had uh, minus eight and a half diopter uh, nearsightedness. And ding, ding, I no longer use glasses uh, after uh, doing what I will teach you how to do very briefly. So I wanted to talk about a few things today, probably more than more than will fit into the time frame, but I think uh, are really important to know about eyesight. I'm going to talk about just about refractive errors, which means that you you would go to get your eyes checked, and the doctor or whoever would say your eyes are fine. You just need glasses, which is a weird thing to say because if your eyes are fine, why don't you see well? And I'll tell you why. Um, but uh, what I'm referring to as, as refractive errors are errors um, that, that have to do with a function of the eye or, or eyesight, but not with some organic condition like a disease or something like that, which I know that um, with BioTouch, you can help these conditions too. And actually the Bates method does help for these conditions too. But I'm gonna just talk about that thing where you're like, oh, your eyes are fine, you just need glasses um, because you've reached some certain age or because you were just uh, genetically born that way or whatever the doctors will tell you. So I wanted to talk about these this subject for from three angles. Um, I hope I make it. The first one is uh, just the, the muscles and how it works. The second is uh, seeing habits, how we use our eyes, uh, which sort of explains uh, why there's such a huge rise in eyesight problems in the last um, decades. And I also want to talk about the connection, the very, very important connection between eyesight and our emotions, um, which would be stress, fear, um, you know, all these, uh, all these things that, uh, <laughs> that are also on the rise in the last decades uh, in parallel to uh, screen use, which is what people kind of imagine when I say I work with eyesight, they're like, oh no, the screens. And I'm like, okay, the screens, but there's other things going on. So first I wanted to tell you how I got into this. And um, when I was about 25, I had chronic back pain. And the doctors told me that it would never go away and it's chronic and good luck with your life. Have, here are some pills for you. And then I started doing osteopathy and I cured my back. And then I started studying osteopathy because it seemed very interesting to me. And I learned that the body can heal itself. There are many ways that we can just 
kind of get out of our own way and let the body um, take care of the problems and heal itself. And then I wondered, because my teacher was wearing glasses, I was wearing glasses, a lot of people who were doing osteopathy were wearing glasses. And I was like, okay, the body can heal itself, but the eyes, what are they not part of this, like, you know, healing themselves festival? And so I searched and I searched and I found a school that, teach, that taught the Bates method. And um, with, uh, with time and practice, I took off my, my eight and a half diopter glasses. I, first, I reduced the glasses to seven and a half, to six and a half, five and a half. And then um, finally, I decided that uh, I no longer need glasses and uh, I do not have glasses. I don't use them. I see a lot better than eight and a half. I see very well. But probably if you compare the way that I see uh, with someone with perfect eyesight, I do not have perfect eyesight. So that's like a question that everybody asks. It's like, but do you see perfectly? Um, no, but I don't use glasses and I don't bump into things or um, I see the street signs and I can read and I watch movies and uh, I recognize my friends or make new ones. So, <clears throat> Let's see, what I wanted to talk about first is just how the eyes work. But the interesting thing about how the, how the eyes work is that actually we do not see with our eyes. There's a small percentage, the, the eyes collect the information, but actually the image is formed in uh, our brain, in the, in the visual cortex. So the idea that the eyes are responsible for vision is, is correct in the sense that without the eyes, there is no vision. But um, it's mostly dependent on the brain and on the mind. I have an eye here that I took out of uh, one of my patients. No, it's like took out of uh, one of these. Uh, sorry. And uh, so, and so you can see there's these uh, four muscles um, that go around the eye, like one up, down, left, and right. And um, these muscles are used to point the eye. In the different directions if you kind of imagine like you're pulling something in that direction that direction that direction that direction this moves the eye now this eye model is not so is not so good so there's one muscle missing that's the muscle that goes around the eye actually two the oblique muscles that spin the eye around okay so with these six muscles um we can move the eye in all directions but the thing is if there's chronic tension in these muscles they actually deform the shape of the eye, which is when, when I went to the doctor when I was little and I had my glasses, you know, that were my eyesight that was getting worse and worse. But the doctor said is your eyes elongated. It's like long, like a, like a football or like a cucumber. So why is the eye elongated? It's because the oblique muscles are squeezing it. And so it becomes longer. And if, on the contrary, the, the doctor says your eyes too flat, then it's the recti muscles, the muscles that go around, that are kind of like squeezing it and making it flatter. So if these things happen, if the form of the eye is changed, it's like, um, you know how when you try to uh, project something on the wall with your projector, if you have one, um, you kind of move it back and forth. And there's like a place where the image is clear, where the projection is right on the screen in your wall so the same with the eye in the back of the eye there's uh, there's an area um where the image is projected so if the eye is too short or too long um the image gets project projected before or after this screen of the eye and so the result comes out blurry so that's like the physiological explanation but actually the image that we see is formed not in the eye, but rather in our, in our mind, in our brain, in both these. Um, so the image that the eye sees in a certain moment is not at all the image uh, that you see. Um, the eye sees very sharp, very clear in the center. And gradually, as you move to the sides, it becomes blurry because um, we have in our eye, two kinds of vision. We have central vision and we have peripheral vision. And peripheral vision is responsible for movement and central vision is responsible for sharpness and clarity. So actually what the eye sees in one moment is um, just like a very uh, full color center, sharp center. 
and all the rest is progressively blurrier and nobody sees like that not even the people with the highest the worst refractive error see um black and white blurry and in the center sharp so that's just the information the eye collects and then um in your brain in your visual cortex the 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 images formed not only from what you see now but also from what you know about the world from what you remember from a moment ago that you saw from what you think about the world what you believe about the world um so that's like where where it gets really interesting so <clears throat> if you if you take the physiological part and you're like okay what do you do to help my eyesight i'll say i help you release the muscles stop squeezing the eye and then the eye becomes like the the, the right form and you can see again because the image falls on the screen. That would be just like a technical explanation. That's that's pretty correct. So the first thing that's important to know about eyesight, and that's um, when you're relaxed, when your eyes are relaxed, when you are relaxed, you see well. So the first thing, and maybe the most important thing, like the umbrella to everything I teach, is that um, I said improvement is relaxation, which means that not only does your eyesight become better, but also you feel more relaxed, better, and more at ease, more at peace with the world around you. So um, we'll get to that when we get to the emotions, if I if I manage to get there. Um, so <laughs> so relaxation is the key to uh to eyesight improvement and anything that relaxes you is good for your eyesight so everybody who's doing any kind of yoga exercise stretching dancing partying whatever feels really good for you with your glasses you're missing an opportunity um for your eyes to improve <laughs> because if you relax and you invite the eyes to to join in in that relaxation then the eyes can improve but if you have the glasses on them you're kind of like they're stuck in a in a position that's the position that the glasses require in order to see clearly so um what are the what are the good seeing habits that i can teach you right now that will already be good for your for your for your life <laughs> improving your eyesight so the first one is relaxation anything that you do that's relaxing but also relaxation for the eyes specifically um can be Relaxing the eye by closing the eyes and covering them with the palms of your hand, with the darkness, the warmth, the energy from the hands, and just the rest of not having to do anything. This thing called palming is very good for your eyes and very relaxing. But also using the eyes correctly is relaxing for the eyes. Um, we tend to think of relaxation or rest as something that's, uh, that you do when you're like lying down, not doing anything. But actually, there are many parts of the body that are not um, interested in stopping in order to relax. For instance, you would never think of stopping your heart from beating in order to let, give it a rest. You would never stop, think of, um, you know, stop, hold your breath to let the lungs like, kind of like have a day off. Right? So the eyes don't want to stop moving. The eyes want to move. What do we usually do? What am I doing right now? I'm looking at a screen that's in a fixed distance from me. And I'm probably not so interested in what's around it because I'm very concentrated in, you know, trying to organize my ideas or talk or, you know, make sure my hair's uh, looking right or whatever. Um, so I'm focusing on the same distance without moving my eyes a lot. But if you think about going outside for a walk, which is um, where eyes work naturally the way they were intended to, there's always something going on somewhere. It's never at the same distance. In, it's rarely just in front of you. There's, you know, a bird flying, you know, a dog, a lady with a strange hairdo, um, you know, cute looking puppy, uh, leaves falling from a tree kangaroos, whatever you have around there. So um, really the eyes just go all over the place. So the first habit that's really bad for the eyes, and that's where when people say screens, I kind of smile because people blame the screen, but it's, it's really the way we use the screen. The way we look at the screen, like this fixed intent look, and we don't blink, 
sometimes don't breathe either. We don't look to the sides. That's really bad for the eyes. I hate it, hate it. So just um, one little thing that you can do to already improve your eyesight is if you have your computer that you work on stuck flush against the wall, move it a bit towards you, have some you know depth behind it and put like a plant or a mobile or something that's, that moves behind and to the sides of it where your eyes, it can catch your eye and you can kind of look to the side instead of staring always at the screen. Um, so that's one really important thing. Don't look just at one distance, eyes like moving. So really one of the um, very important things that relaxes the eyes is this movement. The other thing that relaxes the eyes um, is using correctly um, this central vision, this clear central vision and the peripheral vision. So um, as a society, we're really interested in central vision and we kind of forget about peripheral vision. And if you imagine that you're walking, like, you know, looking at your cell phone or something like that, then this is, this is the cell phone is the only interesting thing. And you really don't care so much what's going on around you. But in order to maintain the balance, the eyes need to be aware or need you to be aware, interested in what's happening in the periphery and move and moving the central point, as I said before. So, um, the, the, the thing that, that we need to remember uh, when we look at stuff is that uh, a phone or a screen or even a book, uh, we're going to be old fashioned here, is huge for the eyes. For the eyes, a book, every letter is like a country for the eyes. There's, it's not just one thing. We kind of look at a book or look at a phone and we think it's like one thing and we try to like take it all in. And then we forget the periphery, but our, our vision, our central vision is so small. It's like the sharpened point of a pencil. It's really, really small. Mm, and in every letter, if you even like think of a letter as small as you can imagine it, and then think of the bottom part of it and the top part of it, you can distinguish these two places. It means that when you look, there are two different places for the eyes. So, um, all this detail gets kind of lost in the way that we use our eyes. We use them in like a general way in the like center of the center. That's like, a, that's like the center center and the central periphery. And we just don't care what, what's happening around us. Also because we live kind of like boring lives in terms of periphery because we're inside. There's nothing happening in the walls of your house. And again, if you imagine yourself outside, the periphery is super interesting. There's always something coming from there, going there. It's really, really, there's, there's always action there. And we just have like kind of walls. So um, we have to kind of remember to, to make this periphery interesting. So uh, again, things that move, things that are alive, plants. I love having plants. Um, they, they make your um, peripheral environment richer. So that, that calls the eyes to all these other places. So um, these are the three important seeing habits, relaxation, movement, and the good use of the center and periphery, like a wide periphery, a small center. Um, so basically it just means move your eyes, breathe, relax, don't stare at the screen, and remember that in the screen, there are details that you can look at. You can look at each detail rather than looking at the whole picture, but the periphery around it is very interesting. Am I over time yet? I'm good. Okay. So, <laughs> so I really wanted to talk about uh, emotions and eyesight. One of the things that's most interesting to me as a, as a person that helps, a, <laughs> as a visual educator that helps other people regain their eyesight is that when people see better, they feel better. And also when people don't see well, it has some emotional background to it. So um, if we're thinking about all these children who are now needing more and more glasses at schools, we can also think about the additional stress of being a child uh, nowadays as compared to what it was you know, decades ago. Um, with all the um, a lot of expectations, a lot of uh, very programmed time, 
uh, all these screens that actually not the screens themselves, but social uh, media that bombards us with, with information and with things that we need to follow, need to know. Um, so there's a lot more pressure on children and also on adults. And this pressure, this uh, stress, is creating feelings of, uh, of anxiety, of, um, of failure, of perfectionism, of fear, fear of the future, uh, what's going on. It all seems like it's going to fall apart any moment now. Um, and these emotions are very much connected to nearsightedness. So people who have nearsightedness uh, typically are afraid, they, need, they feel they need control, they feel they need um, to run away and hide. And uh, when they take off their glasses or when they reduce uh, their, their dependence on glasses, they also kind of come out from their shell. And this is true for children and for adults, and it, it's also true for me uh, with nearsightedness. And with farsightedness, there's, um, there are other emotions that are involved, uh, more like contained rage or aggression. It's like um, kind of like the need to escape, but a lot of, um, a lot of uh, strong feelings of, uh, of uh, not being able to escape or not being able to connect. And uh, if we're talking about presbyopia, which is uh, what happens when you get, <laughs> when they tell you that you're too old, now that your, your eyes don't work anymore, is, uh, is actually this feeling that your time is up, that it's no longer your moment, that it's somebody else's moment, like maybe the next generations or the kids or that your life is spent. And strangely enough, if, uh, if we stay with presbyopia for a moment with uh, old age eyes, first of all, the age where that began, begins has reduced a lot in our society. And secondly, in other societies where um, age is respected, there is no presbyopia. So really the, the, the emotion behind presbyopia, which um, the, when you go to like uh, ophthalmology, they'll say it's just the age. It's like pure age. It's like uh, you're obsolete, you're done. Your eyes are no longer working because humans were not meant to see from close up that long. It turns out that it has um, a component that's emotional and it's a very important component. So, um, so a lot of times when we work on these emotional uh, aspects, the, the eye condition improves by itself. And that's, that's something that's really interesting in children, for instance, especially if they, before they start using glasses, if you're aware that uh, what's happening to the child is that something's not okay for them. Maybe they're um, not happy or feeling very much pressured at school or there's something going on in their life that they don't know how to um, digest, then you can give them more help than just seeing clearly, and maybe they won't need the glasses. Um, in my own case, my, um, my glasses appeared magically when my parents were having rather, a rather nasty divorce, which, which is fine, there's like no, there was no way to avoid the divorce, but maybe if someone had known that, uh, that there was something going on for me, uh, except for, oh, she doesn't see well, she needs glasses, then maybe I could have gotten then the help that I needed to, uh, to emotionally digest and understand what was going on and understand that it has not, had nothing to do with me. Um, and maybe I wouldn't need glasses, and also maybe I would have saved myself some, uh, <laughs> some sorrows in life. <laughs> so... So this is something that's very important for me uh, to let people know. There is an, impo an important emotional component. That's also why eyesight problems are on the rise because our society is getting more stressed, more anxious, and less relaxed. So with that, I'll just uh, let you wow. <laughs> ask some questions if you have. <laughs> Was like a, Not ooh. much to ask yeah. since you really covered a lot. That's a lot to digest. Um, <laughs> but you can tell that you are compassionate about that. I mean, passionate to the max. Uh, good information. I think our audience will love to hear this as we show more about how to do BioTouch with it. Uh, for those who are listening and aren't seeing, Orit has a website, Orit Ojos. 
Uh, it's O-R-I-T. Oh, no, no, no. Put iCclearly.org. Sorry. Oh, okay. I, I, thought you had, I thought you had my English website. Oh. I see clearly, just like I see clearly, like, uh, right. uh, like I with an I, C-S-E-E, clearly. Okay. Well, even That's if you go to the Orit one, there's a link on there that says, go to my English website. So That is true. So either one, the key is if you want personal help from her, contact Orit. And uh, everything you talked about, is, it's so exciting for us to learn as we do BioTouch. You know, it just, it crystallizes why we do the sets that we do to help. I mean, we do the eye set, we do the headset for the whole stress reduction. But even when we touch the eyelid, we have them close their eye. And you talked about, you know, just that little darkness thing. So it, it's magical. Everything you shared is magical and, and it, it takes it, we can take control of our eyesight and that's nice to hear. You're inspiring, Orit. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, I hope, I hope uh, people, I mean, you can contact me. I'll be happy to help you. And I hope you also um, think about eyesight in a different way. I mean, for some reason, it just seems like stuck. Yeah. Everybody's like, there's nothing you can do with eyesight. Correct. And there's so much you can do with eyesight. Actually, there's so many ways that you can help your eyesight. And BioTouch bio seems, seems like an amazing, amazing way to do it. Yeah, Just by these like, light, light touches, touches, you can, can uh, release those, those tensions accumulated in the eyes. I'm, I'm trying it right now. <laughs> well, good. Let us know how it is. And uh, hopefully, we'll have you back on again. Because yeah, that, that was just, I know you were storehouse of information. You gave us some good tools also. So again, thank you from Barcelona. And uh, we'll, we'll talk, talk to you, you soon, soon or thanks. Whew. There you go, folks. <laughs> That's the second time I've heard it. I just like Me absorbing too. all that information. Yeah, I'll tell you. You know what? That really was a message of hope, yes. wasn't it? Yeah, it just fits right along with what we're teaching with BioTouch. And you know, again, when she's talking about the cupping, I'm always thinking about that third point, which you're going to learn here. So uh, yep. let's let's just go right into the points, which is interesting too, because it not only it's going to work with eyesight, as she talked about in the beginning, it helps with all eye conditions, all, all diseases conditions. of the eyes, glaucoma, cataract. So these aren't just points for the sight, but they certainly can help with the sight. Just a little testimonial. If you look at our website, we had a, a man who was blind who began to see. So. Anything is possible, and we're going to have Bev teach you the sets of points for eyesight. So take it away, Bev. All right. So hopefully you uh, have a workbook with you. If not, well, you can follow along with us. Um, we have we put together the workbook um, with pages, mostly pages from our um, manual, but just wanted to kind of go over it in case you're new and, and you're joining us for the first time. So we always have the front page, which is dedicated to the condition itself. So you'll notice the eye, eyesight conditions and just a really nice um, kind of comprehensive overview of whatever the condition is that we're going to be presenting. Um, so the first page that we really want to look at is um, it's called page number six in the workbook. And it's an introduction to BioTouch. What is BioTouch? So I always like, we like to go over these four uh, bullet points because it will give you just an overall essence, uh, a feeling of what, what BioTouch is doing here for us. So basically it is a um, simple, it's a hands-on healing technique take the first two fingers of, of your hands and you lightly touch on the skin. In fact, the, the uh, definition of BioTouch is one person touching another person lightly on the skin. So it, it, it takes two. This is a relationship that BioTouch brings us into. And of course, right from the get-go, we always have a question, can you do it on yourself? And the very first thing that we like to kind of remind people is the very definition of BioTouch involves two people. Um, we always say though, if you can reach those specific points on yourself and you want to, well, it doesn't do anything um, harmful. Uh, is it working? We don't know, but 
you know, if you, if you feel like you want to do that, that's fine. Just know that BioTouch is, um, is a, is a relationship of healing between two people. And that's the beauty of it. It almost forces us to come into that, that, uh, relationship. So let's look at the first bullet. Uh, it says it's easy to learn. And we have indeed had children learn and practice BioTouch, become certified. Um, I always like to think that BioTouch really helps us. It, 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 it supports the child in each of us. And so, of course, it's easy to learn because we know that it's already innate in each of us. Second bullet, it's a complement to any healthcare program. Now, over the years, we have expanded that. We understand that it is really a holistic system and it is integrative. So it works, as it says, with any program, uh, whether it's a specific diet, you're under doctor's care, you know, you're doing other um, healing modalities, whatever it is, BioTouch is only going to enhance uh, and help that process. Uh, the next bullet, BioTouch has no levels of ability. This is really the magical thing about BioTouch. It is meant for each of us to have, to learn, to use, practice in our lives with everyone that comes into our sphere of influence. We already have within us, each of us, the ability to do BioTouch. And it's very, there's no levels of ability. You will, once you learn the technique, that's it. You've got it. You can begin to use it immediately and be immediately effective the very first time you touch. And BioTouch requires no special preparation. There's no belief or state of mind uh, in order to be effective with BioTouch. Um, you don't have to clear yourself or prepare a space. Um, what I love about BioTouch is that it is it meets the need of the moment. If somebody is experiencing pain or, or stress, you can literally begin to touch on the skin, do BioTouch and help someone. So this is, you know, the, the whole comprehensive package is meant for humanity, not specific groups of people who can either afford it or who has the time to learn things or you know, go through all those levels. This is immediate. It's, it's, it's just, it belongs to all of us. So having said that, uh, let's begin. Um, when you begin to practice BioTouch, it's just a few simple um, little things that we remind uh, you of. You always wash your hands before you begin a session. Again, it is one person touching another. Uh, you always begin a session with the greeting, which is the first set we're going to learn in a few minutes. Um, and then use the first two fingers, touch lightly on the skin like a butterfly. And then the, the sets of points that are, are um, here to help these conditions, specific uh, sets of points, you wanna hold those points six to eight seconds. So again, BioTouch can be practiced anywhere anytime with anyone. Boom, that's it. So let's move to the, the next page, which we don't really go over this. This is, we use this when we teach um, BioTouch, but we always like to bring your attention to these first two bullets. Um, these terms are used to help us to um, uh, it just, it's a description of how we touch in, in, bio, in, uh, BioTouch. So the first one we want to talk about is, um, the associate, the two people that are involved in this relationship. One is the associate, which is the one, the person that is actually giving or performing, uh, the sets of points for another person. And we use this term, um, because, um, it, it's it's a convenience, of course, but if you'll notice that, that the dictionary describes an associate as one having uh, in, in company with another, 
implying an intimacy or equality. And number two, having an interest in common with another. And one of the things that, that we all come to realize is in that relationship, equality happens. That, that's a true relationship. You're giving and receiving. The receiver of that biotouch is called the recipient. So we have the associate and the recipient, and they make up that relationship. And it's really hard to tell who's giving and who's receiving. That's the beauty about BioTouch. So the one touching, yeah, for convenience, we call that person the associate. Um, so let us move on to the first set called the greeting. And this is the key that begins the whole process. It is, it is for the bringing the associate and the recipient into a, um, a harmony with each other. Remember, you always must do the greeting. It's like the key, it opens the body. So Paul will be showing on each of these sets a video that you can actually, we're gonna let you um, see one person performing these sets of points with another person. And so what we want people to know is if you, if you have the workbook or you download it, all members can download it forever for free. Uh, each page, there's two pages to each set of points. And you have this little drawing. And if you'll notice at the bottom of the drawing, there's always this purple that says, click here to watch the video. That's what we're gonna share here this evening. But if you download the ebook version of this workbook, uh, that link will take you to that same video. And the second page of that set has the wor words of where those points are. And those words are exactly the same as the video. So you can't mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> The greeting is always performed at the beginning of each session. It's the only set that uses one hand and the only set that indicates which hand to use. The greeting is performed with the dominant hand. If you are right-handed, use your right hand. If you are left-handed, use your left hand. The greeting is made by touching at point one, which is in the fleshy area just below the bottom of the breastbone or sternum. Hold this point for six to eight seconds. Then with the same two fingers, touch point two on the back. To find point two, look for the big bone at the base of the neck. From here, move one to one and a half inches to the left. This is point two. Hold this point for six to eight seconds. More than one associate may work with a recipient provided that all of the associates perform the greeting. If the associate or the recipient leaves the session, or if someone who hasn't done the greeting touches either the recipient or the associate, the greeting must be re-established. Then, then the, the session, session may, may proceed, proceed from, from where, where it was, was interrupted. interrupted. So, of course, the first set that we're going to, we put these workbooks together based on the sets of points that we feel are the immediate go-to for that condition. You can, of course, add anything you want, but so the eyes, the eye set, uh, of course, we're going to, that's the first thing maybe you want to do after the greeting, because it addresses all of those conditions um, of the eyes. So, let's... The eye set is performed on the same side of the head. It may be used to address any type of eye conditions. Hold point X is located on both sides of the head and may be found in either of the following ways. Place the first two fingers of one hand in the indentation beside the neck muscle at the base of the skull. Then slide the fingers up the back of the skull over a the eye set is performed on the same side of the head. It may be used to address any type of eye conditions. 
Hold point X is located on both sides of the head and may be found in either of the following ways. Place the first two fingers of one hand in the indentation beside the neck muscle at the base of the skull. Then slide the fingers up the back of the skull, over a rise in the bone, to a very definite valley or dent which is hold point X. Another way to find X is to estimate a point about one-third of the way down from the top of the ear and one to one and a half inches behind the back edge of the ear. Again, there is a definite valley or dent in the skull, and this is hold point X. It is also the same as point four of the headset. To perform this set, hold X and touch points one through four which are on the same side of the head as X. These points are in a line beginning at point one which is just in front of where the ear meets the face. Point two is halfway between point one and the outside corner of the eye. Point three is at the outside corner of the eye. To touch point four, ask the recipient to close their eye and touch on the recipient's closed eyelid. This is a sensitive area, so work gently. Repeat the procedure on the other side of the head. Hold point X, and with the other hand touch point 1, which is just in front of where the ear meets the face. Point 2 is halfway between point 1 and the outside corner of the eye, and point 3 is at the outside corner of the eye. and with point four on the recipient's closed eyelid. All right. So remember, Orit was saying that um, relaxation was a key to, be to uh, better health for the eyes. And so we have a stress and anxiety set because of course, Stress and anxiety, as she was saying, in our society is really contributing to a lot of, um, uh, you know, more people requiring to use glasses. So we feel that this set is really key here as well, this stress set um, that you can use to help somebody to relax. So let's go ahead and watch that video. <laughs> The stress, the stress set may be used to address, to address any manifestation of physical, emotional, or mental stress, stress as well as anxiety and shingles. Hold it at X, which is in the fleshy area just below the bottom of the breastbone. It is the same as greeting point one. Then with the other hand, touch points one and two, which are the same points as in the heart set. These points are found by imagining a line running from the notch at the top of the breastbone to a place on the left breast where the nipple would be on a youth. Divide this imaginary line into thirds. Point one is at the top of the first third. Point two is at the top of the second third. These points may be touched repeatedly, and remember to touch each point for at least six to eight seconds. The next set is the set called the headset, and um, remember she was saying that the images that we see are really projected from the brain. So the headset is, um, is related to all conditions having to do with the brain. So of course, uh, doing the headset can really help um, with, with all of those images and maybe bring those more into a, an alignment or something. So let's go ahead and watch the headset. It's, it's a very, very good set to use. The headset can be used to address conditions related to the brain. There are four steps in this set. In step one, use through fire to touch points A and A. 
Point A on the back of the head is in the center of the neck at the base of the skull. Point A on the front of the head is at the center of the forehead where the forehead begins to curve to the crown. Step 2 is performed in crossfire with the fingers of each hand touching on opposite sides of the head. Hold it X, which is in the indentation beside the neck muscle at the base of the skull. It is the same as point 1 of the back set. On the opposite side of the head, touch points 1 through 5. Points 1, 2, and 3 are on the ridge line formed where the skull curves up toward the crown. Point 1 is above the outside corner of the eye on the ridge. Point 2 is above the front of the ear on the ridge. Point 3 is above the back of the ear on the ridge. To locate point 4, move down the head toward the base of the skull to a horizontal indentation approximately one-third of the way down from the top of the ear and one to one and a half inches behind the back edge of the ear. Point 5 is opposite hold point X at the base of the skull. Point 5 now becomes the new hold point as points 1 through 5 are touched on the opposite side of the head. In crossfire, touch point 1 above the outside corner of the eye on the ridge, point 2 above the front of the ear on the ridge, Point 3 is above the back of the ear on the ridge. Point 4 is a horizontal indentation approximately one-third of the way down from the top of the ear and one to one and a half inches behind the back edge of the ear. And point 5 is opposite hold point X at the base of the skull. Step 3 is performed in matching fire touching points 1 and 1. two and two, three and three, four and four, five and five. Finally, in step four, place the open palms of both hands on the head covering points one through three. Be careful, don't, don't let, let your, your hands, hands touch, touch each, each other. other. Okay, the last set that we're going to share with you is the metabolism set. And this is, a, this is great for everything, really. It helps the body to decide what it wants and what it needs. So whenever you do the metabolism, whatever's going on in the body, including the eyes, um, this will really um, help to support that. So let's go ahead and watch that last video here. The metabolism set can be used to help the body assimilate what it needs and eliminate what it doesn't need. The metabolism set has two steps. Step one involves touching points in matching fire along the large muscles on the front of the neck. Points one and one are located above the collarbone in the soft indentations on both sides of the notch at the top of the breastbone. Points two and two are halfway up the neck on the front of the large muscles. Points three and three are at the top of the neck on the front of the large muscles. The second step involves holding a point on the front of the body and touching points next to the spine on the back. Hold point X on the front of the body is on a line directly between where the nipples would be on a youth and is one to two inches to the left of the breastbone. 
Another way to find X is one-third of the way up the breastbone from greeting point one and one to two inches to the left of the breastbone. The points on the back are located next to the spine forming a rectangle around the breakover point. The breakover point is where the bottom of the rib cage joins the spine and can be found by imagining a line directly through the body from greeting point one. To perform step two, find hold point X on the front of the body and touch points one through four on the back. Point one is approximately one to two inches up from the breakover point on the left spine muscle. Point two is directly across from point one on the right spine muscle. Point three is two to three inches below the breakover point on the right spine muscle. Point four is used to address blood sugar problems and is added to the other metabolism points when needed. It is located across from point three on the left spine muscle. And there you have it, folks. There you have it. How to take you care can help of someone. <laughs> immediately immediately right so we really added that uh, metabolism because we talked about eyesight and other conditions and metabolism will really help with that glaucoma the cataracts yeah and you know i'll tell you we've it seems like the eye set uh, eye problems seem to be affected quickly with biotouch i don't know why they seem to be very effective people go in for their glaucoma their sight you know, the doctor, the eye doctor says, oh my gosh, you're getting much better, so. I, I know, I've heard that as well. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. add this to all those little exercises that Orit gave us, because, you know, it's just as simple as that, moving your eyes, putting little dangly things around your computer. I mean, all hey, kinds yeah. of great ideas I got. I know, <laughs> just something you can, just like BioTech, you yes. can do immediately, yeah. Simplicity is where it is at, folks, which yep. is why we teach BioTouch. We do these workshops every month. Uh, next month, we're going to do one on, uh, this is the, uh, the body image, isn't it? This is going to be an interesting one, yeah. isn't it? Body How to image. use BioTouch for body image, and we have a really nice uh, speaker coming to that one. So, yep. Thank you all for joining us. This will be available yes. on JustTouch.com forward slash eyesight and uh, invite your friends and family to check it out. Bev did a great job as usual. Thank you very much. Paul, you too. <laughs> and uh, thank you everyone. We'll see you next month. Bye, Bye now.